right. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand praise for our worship team this morning. Amen. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start at the back end of chapter 2 and move our way into chapter 3. Because the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. It was continuous letters. And chapters and verses just kind of help us today with a breakdown of of starting points and endpoints, potential starting points and endpoints. But it's important that you know that in most instances in the Bible, when there's a new chapter, that does not necessarily mean that there's a new thought or that there has been time elapsed before the next idea is brought up. Oftentimes, it's just one continuous idea. And, and, and what happens in chapter, chapter 2 leading into chapter 3 are a little bit of both. It is a continuous thought and idea, but there is some time in between what we consider the end of chapter 2 and the events that take place in chapter 3. So let's just go to the Word of God. I want you to see uh, see something. And today I want to talk to us a little bit about intimacy. Somebody shout intimacy. Say that loud. Shout intimacy. All right. I'm starting a new series called Uncovered. Uncovered. And we want to talk today about intimacy. So verse 24 of chapter 2 says, And therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and uh, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Somebody shout naked. Somebody shout unashamed. Say it again. Shout naked. Shout unashamed. Verse chapter one. Uh, verse 3, chapter 1. It says, now the, son, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast. Somebody shout cunning. How many of your Bibles say crafty? Crafty. Yes, I see you. How many Bibles say crafty, crafty, crafty? Cunning, crafty, uh, sneaky, uh, stealth. Any of those synonyms you want to throw in there. He was sly. It says, so now the serpent was more crafty or cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of every fruit from the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. This is not a question. This is a statement. And in fact, it was a statement of fact to some degree. He says, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In this regard, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. In this regard, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. He, he didn't really lie to her. He was just very sly in the way he used his word. He didn't tell her that she would be God. He said, you'd be like God. And he didn't just say that you'd be walking in all the power of God. He just said, in this instance of knowing good and evil, you'll be like him. All right? And this is, it's interesting how we presuppose a whole bunch of things when somebody tells us something. You know, we just presuppose all these thoughts and ideas. And in truth, he never told them that they would be gods. And that they, he just said, like, as it relates to knowing what's right and what's wrong, you're going to be like God. 
right? And the scripture says in verse 6, so the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took of his fruit and she ate. So she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them opened and they knew that they were naked. Interesting. He says that you're going to be like him in this, that you will know good and evil. And the first thing they recognized was nakedness. And now they have to determine if being naked is a good or evil thing. Y'all ain't with me today. Are y'all still with me today? Now, this is the, this is the quest. Is that is the, in my nakedness, is this a good or evil thing? Because the only thing I'm like God in now is that I have seen good and that I know evil. And now, because I have never known good or evil, I've got to determine that the first thing I see, which is my nakedness, if it is good or evil. How do you know good or evil if you've never seen good or evil? I'm going to help you all. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. All right. Uh, it says, so, so the eyes of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking through the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to them and said to him, Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? He said, who told you that, that you were naked? And the Bible uh, says, He asked him, have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat of? And the word of the Lord is blessed. We'll stop reading right there and I'll tell you the rest. I want you to talk to somebody and I want you to tell them uncovered. I want you to find three people and just say uncovered. Just shout uncovered to them. All right. Now, now I want you to look at that third person and look at them in their eye and tell them the power is back on. Amen. The power is back on. Okay, that, that was the wrong person. Look at them one more time. Tell them the power is back on. All right. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I bless you. I appreciate you. I honor you, and I give you the praise. And, God, for these next few moments, I pray that the word of God would pierce our hearts, would challenge our spirits, would uplift us to a space where we can walk in a greater level of intimacy with you. And I bless you, and I give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Smile at your neighbor to your left and right. Tell them it's just church. It's all right. Tell them you can smile. It's just church. I feel so full. I'm, I'm so bundled with word because when you get a chance to rest and, re, and, and go uh, and do some recreational things, it's important what is rebuilt in you when you rest. It is important that you get rest. It is important that you, that you become a person that adds rest to your value system. The whole concept of recreation is built off of two words. It is recreation, recreate. Recreate is redo again, create. In other words, create again. And when you get rest and recreation, what God starts to do is replenish your heart and replenish your mind and replenish your cells so that you can begin to create again. One of the things that has to happen and that you should take notice is that when you get exhausted and you get tired, you stop becoming creative. 
when you see when you walk in the sludgery of fatigue you cease to be creative and every now and then you must recreate or get some rest so that you can recreate so that you can finish the task that God has told you to do and I'm full today because I've been re- I've been recreating I've been hearing God again I've been being being placed in his presence so that he can restore and renew and replenish so much so y'all, y'all gonna have to forgive me if I'm starting to rattle out a whole lot so if you're a note taker you might just want to buy the CD or go, or get the or get the uh, the iPod, uh, the the whatever it is in the cloud, and because I'm so full that I I, I want to dump, and I'm going to try to dump some today, and then dump some next week because God is interested in intimacy with you. God is interested in intimacy with you. He is interested in the concept of there being the type of relationship between you and him where there are no veils, where there are no sheets, where there are no, no, no walls, where there are no doors that keep you from him and him from you. And he wants you to be in a space where you can freely give yourself to him so that he might freely give himself to you. God is interested in intimacy. He wants you to know all the ins and outs about who he is. The same way he knows all the ins and outs about who you are. He wants to reveal to you and confess to you about the stuff that makes him God, that makes your journey supernatural. Consequently, he wants you to confess and share to him about all of the things that make you human and make you not like him. And these are the things that allow true intimacy to take place between man and God the same way that there has to be communication and there has to be vulnerability and there has to be, watch this, nakedness in order for there to be true intimacy between a man and a woman. So is the same between man and God. The clothes must come off. If there's going to be true intimacy, the clothes must come off. Intimacy is operated, spiritually speaking, in a tri-dimensional aspect. When the Bible speaks about intimate and intimacy, it actually talks about, it is culminated in the act of intercourse or sex by your Bible standards, not by my standards, but it is culminated in the act of sex because the act of sex represents a tri-dimensional aspect of, of, of God and a tri-dimensional aspect of, of true intimacy. Intimacy uh, is done at three levels. It is done in, in the physical space. It is done in the mind. Then it is also done in spirit space. This is the tri-dimensional aspect of intimacy. It can be physical. It can be emotional. It can be spiritual. And you can have ties to folks emotionally. You can have ties to folks uh, physically. And you can have ties to people in, uh, 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 spiritually. If you don't understand that intimacy is a tri-level, a tri-dimensional function and action, you will misunderstand what is happening when you have sex with somebody. When people come together in intercourse, there is an intermingling at a tri-departmental level. Sex is just like God. He has three dimensions to who he is. And and much of your life has three dimensions to who it is. We are in a three-dimensional room right now. You You are experiencing life in 3D. And true intimacy 
as it relates to biblical standards cannot take place at one level only and God be in it. When God is in it, it has taken place at all three dimensions of our existence, in our mind, in our spirit, watch this, and also in our bodies. What the world has done with intimacy is it has tried to parse up the tridimensional aspect of intimacy and only allow you to operate with intimacy physically as if it is possible for there to be physical interaction with no emotional and spiritual interaction. Are you following what I'm saying? That is what is, that, uh, I heard somebody uh, teach it years ago, we used to call it soul ties. That this idea that, if, that I have to have sex with somebody to have a soul tie. No, you don't. All you've got to do is be intimate in the emotional space. And you can be tied to somebody in a dimension that you wasn't expecting to be tied to. Y'all not talking back to me, all your plutonic friends. That you be telling all your sex secrets to. Y'all ain't talking back to me now. Now, uh, or in the physical space, the world teaches you that I can just be physically engaged and not be emotionally and spiritually engaged in the act of sex. So it can be one night and we'll be okay. We both consented, thumbs up, as if there is no connection between the spirit and in the mental aspect of who it is. That is why when you have these one night stands, you never find yourself gone on about your life with out constantly reliving the night in which you was intimate. Are you following what I'm saying? I wonder what they're doing. I wonder who they are. I remember this time. You had that situation 15 years ago. You married with children now and every now and then you think about that evening, that night, that weekend. Don't y'all look at me like I'm the only one that knows what I'm talking about here. That's a tie. Somebody shout a tie. And you can also be spiritually tied, which is the way that God challenges us to be spiritually connected when a, a man or a woman has dedicated their lives together. Intimacy is an important aspect. Let me talk to you about the physical aspect of it first so that you can understand that the science, before we go into the spirit, that the science speaks of the power of intimacy. Your limbic, your limbic system, it is a set of structures, it's a set of, of harmony hormones that operate in your body that deal with your emotions it also deals with uh, your 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 endocrine system your endocrine system in your body y'all looking at me like where are you getting these words from your endocrine <laughs> your endocrine system in your body is it, it regulates watch this your metabolism your growth and development your sleep your mood and your sexual function it regulates this in your body watch this there is nothing more natural in this world than what the natural body will do. So when the body is doing it naturally without the help of drugs or medications or, or hormones, when the body is doing it naturally, it doesn't get more standard or natural than what the body is willing to do for itself. So whatever your body is doing is what the body considers natural. Somebody shout natural. This is critical. Whatever the body is doing is called natural. To, for the body to keep its endocrine in natural spaces and in natural ranges, it regulates itself. Your body is saying there's a certain amount of hormones that should be re released sexually. There's a certain amount of hormones that should be released for rest and relaxation. There's a certain amount of hormones that should be released for development. There's a certain amount of hormones that should be released for emotional stability. That is 
is why when any of these areas of your life start to get off, the doctor gives you more hormone to try to regulate what your body is already trying to regulate. Now stay with me because if your body is regulating a thing, that means that your body has a normal space baseline in which you should be operating in. When you physically violate the regulation of your body, you spike up hormones that your body is trying to squash down or you pull hormones down that your body is trying to rise up. And the problem with porn, I'm not, not, not y'all, none of y'all in here watch porn like that, but the problem with porn is that it takes your endorphins beyond the regulated system of your body and it plays with you in an atmosphere that your body can no longer control because it is natural for a woman to show up to a man and bring you up to a level. Porn takes it beyond the level that she is capable of bringing you to and what happens when you spend days and hours in front of your computer when she shows up, you don't know how to handle her because she can't turn on your endorphins like your tie can turn on your endorphins. Y'all y'all follow me today. Now the problem is, is that because my endorphins are the way that I determine intimacy, if you are not raising my endorphins at that level, then I give you a lesser level of intimacy of you. And I can run you raggedy and crazy because you want to please your man, but you cannot please your man because he is operating in an unnatural stimuli that gets him going. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? I need you to understand this. There are three ways that we get tied to things. You ought to write these three ways down. We get tied to things by these three formations. One, by our promises and our vows. That's why you got to be careful who you promise things to, who you make your vows to and I'm talking to everybody in these fraternities I'm talking to everybody that that has been that has decided that you're going to follow a church mantra other than the Bible I'm talking about people that have made vows with the devil I'm talking about this is how you get tied you get tied in when you get married you make a vow that soul ties you into the relationship that's one of the primary ways in which soul ties work close relationships is another way for you to get ties you better be careful with all of these plutonic relationships because if you share too much information you will begin to build the intimacy with someone and you'll trust them more than you trust your husband I'm going to talk to you whether y'all want to hear this or don't want to hear this. And I, and I, and I know, I, but he get me, and I'm more like a guy than I am like a girl, and I'm more like a girl than I am like a guy. And I get all of the. But if you are not careful, you, can, you will swap information because remember what I taught us weeks ago is that what real sex changes, it doesn't just change bodily fluids. Sex changes information. And your information is now spiritually deposited into the person in which you've had sex with and their information is given to you and the reason why God wants you to spend forever with who you have laid with is so that you could spend the rest of your lives giving each other back the information that you took from one another while you was laying in the bed together are you following what I'm saying this is what it is is that she's got part of me and I've got part of her and as I naturally develop I can never be full and whole until she tells me about the parts that I gave her in our intimate acts and this is how the two become what y'all are y'all still with me in there okay we're going to talk about that in a second third way is obviously through sex somebody shout sex 
you can be tied from an intimate perspective and have your hormonal levels rise to the degree that I need to have this. I need to have what I've made a vow to. I need to have the close friend that I've been around and I need to have the sexual behaviors that are associated with raising up our endocrine levels. When my endocrine and endorphin levels are raised high and beyond the normal regulated space of my life, I've got problems. Now, and this is all Oftentimes, they used to call it a soul tie because that's something that keeps pulling me back to desire a high level of endorphins that I cannot get in normal relations. Now, we need to talk about sex because sex is the epitome of of uh, of intimacy and when the Bible talks about sex you have to understand the way that God came to this idea of the two becoming one now this is because this this is very theological so I want you to stay with me y'all still with me this morning this is very theological <coughs> excuse me uh, because uh, you, you will never understand the value of your relationship with God if you don't understand the value of marriage and of sex because in many ways the relationship of God with his people is directly directly connected to the Jewish concept concept of marriage if you want to know what God is doing study the Jewish wedding and the Jewish marriage and how important consummation is to a Jewish family when it, and particularly in ancient Jewish community in Jewish and Semitic communities how important uh, 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 sex was or the intercourse aspect of it was it was a it was so big that they made it a part of the ritual everybody used to stand out outside of the tent while two married people were in the, the tent having their relations everybody this is how big it was everybody stood outside the tent to make sure that it was done correctly because they understood that, inter, that, the, that the intercourse is what would build the intimacy and the intimacy is what would make them both decide they would never walk away from each other no matter what would happen the same way God when God said you he doesn't just give you information but he says that me and you will be one and you will be my child and I will be your father and we become one together and the Bible says that the church will be his bride and he will be his groom and at the rapture there will be a one and a union a consummation that takes together and then we're gonna forever be together that sounds like what God really wants out of marriage amen now, the thing with sex is this. The idea with sex is this, is that in order to really understand sex and sexuality, we got to complicate it with Adam. Because Adam, somebody shout Adam. Adam, uh, according to the Hebrew thought and the Hebrew word, is that when we think about Adam in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, when we concern ourselves with Adam, the first thing that we consider is that Adam is a person and Adam is a man. Well, when God created Adam, Adam was not a male. He was not a male. He was an earth being. He was an earthling. In fact, Adama, Adama, A-D-A-M-A-H, Adama is the Hebrew word for dirt or ground. So what happens is God decides that he's going to build a creature for the earth. Now you have to remember that there's already a creation that is not seen. The angels are a species of being. God is a species of being. And now he is about to create another species of being from the Adama, from the dirt. He raises and he forms and fashions him from the dirt of the ground, the Adama. He breathes the breath of life into Adama and, Ad and Adama raises himself up and he is upright 
conscious before God. Are you still following me? He is upright and he is conscious before God. The thing is, is that we oftentimes refer to it as a he. We say Adam was a male. Well, according to the original languages, he was not called Adam. He was called, now watch the phonetic, Ha-Adam. That is the Hebrew word for H-A-Adam. He was called Ha-Adam. That is important because that word ha means the. So when the early writers thought about what God created, they didn't say this is a person. They said this is a thing. So they called him the Adam. That's what he was referred to in the earliest text of Genesis chapter 1. So God raises him up. He breathes the breath of life. And now there's the Adam. Well, what does the Adam mean? That is the thing that was created from the dirt. That's who he is. Adamah, the dirt. Aha, Adam, the Adam, the dirt thing. That's what he was referred to as. So Adam is now standing to the writer as there are the angels in heaven, there's the species of God, there's the species of angels, and now these are these earthling things. He just created this thing. It's, it's the dirt. It's the Adam. It is the, it's the, it's the Adamah. We'll call him the Adam. And the, and the Adam worked and walked before God, and he did not have sexuality. He was androgynous. He, it, it was androgynous. It was a being. It had the X and the Y chromosome inside of it and then God comes to the Adam and says you've got to be fruitful and you need to multiply and you cannot be fruitful and you cannot multiply by yourself so now the Bible says that he takes the Adam and he puts him into a deep sleep and when he pulls out from the Adam he is no longer the Adam he is Ish and Ishiah Ishiah means woman Ish means man so he was not referred to as a man before. He was referred to as an it. When God puts him to sleep and pulls out the Isha, the woman, now he becomes a man because it always takes a good woman to make you become, I'm going to help you all in here, a good man. And what happens is he pulls out the woman and he now has the man and the ha-adama becomes an ish and an Isha. This is important because the only reason that God had to put Adam to sleep and pull the woman out of him is because whenever God gets ready to give you an assignment, he's going to have to rip your life apart from everything that you thought was normal. Youth were ready to be used by God and God, instead of God giving you an assignment, he puts you to sleep. And while you were asleep, he start ripping your life apart. And you woke up one day and you say how did my credit get this bad and how did my house get this messed up how did my kids get this horrible because when God gets ready to multiply you he's got to break you up he's got to break your heart he's got to break your will he's got to break your idea y'all are not talking back to me because we have taught you that when God gets ready to use you he's going to give you strength and he's going to give you anointing and God has already given you strength but your life has been so good you haven't had to use that strength strength so he has to rock the boat every now and then Adam because you cannot finish what I told you to finish without being broken 
I'm gonna help you in this place. Tell your neighbor you've got to be broken. You've got to be broken. If you're gonna be, bro if you're gonna work for God, God's gonna break you. If you're gonna honor God, God's gonna break you. If you want to be used by God, God is going to break you. He's not going to kill you. He is going to break you. He is not gonna hurt you. He is going to break you. I am so grateful that when God gets ready to use me, I might feel like I'm at the end, but He is in control of my end. And because y'all not help, y'all not helping me in this place. And and now you've got answers as to why you've had to go through some of the hell that you've been through in your life. It's not because God hates you. It's because God believes in you. And in order to get you ready, I've got to raise the intensity of your life and I've got to break off what you thought was perfect and make the two that are one or the one become two. And I know it doesn't feel good, but it's the only way I can get my will done in your life. It's the only way he can, he can get his will done in your life. God has to pull and he has to tear and he has to rip. And the Bible says, now watch what happens now, is that now the two are beginning to operate in the present with the will of God. They start to operate harmoniously and they're operating together. Somebody shout together. They're operating harmoniously and they're operating together. They have no bigger and no lesser. There is no, Adam is not above Eve and Eve is not below Adam. They are operating as the one that God told them to operate as. They are two, but they are moving as one. They are separate beings, but they are moving as one. They have two concepts, but they have one spirit flowing through them. And even though they're separate, they move with the harmony that pleases God. God. And the Bible says that while they were moving with harmony, they were naked while they were moving. They didn't have clothes on while they was going. And while they were never looking at each other, giggling and laughing and joking and, and poking fun at what was exposed. Because when you're equal, y'all not talking back to me in here. When you're equal and when you see yourself as equal, you also see that what you're going through ain't no worse than what I'm going through. Watch this. And what I'm going through is not any better than what you're going through so before I talk about your blemish I acknowledge my own blemish and just keep my mouth shut on you and we work it on out through the grace of God equal and not y'all not talking back to me because you know how church folks would do they'll look at your sin and they'll tell you that your sin is worse than their sin and they'll tell you that what you're doing is worse than what they're doing and then they'll prophesy over your sin and don't want you to give them a word over your sin y'all not talking back to me because they got a little title because they sit in the front row because they get the microphone, because they get to raise the offering, because they was over the little subgroup that was over a subgroup that was over a subgroup, and now the church knows how many chairs it got in the building because you was over the chair counting committee, and you somebody, and God told me that I've got to cover everybody that's counting chairs with me, and you are out of line, and you think you're important as if there's nobody else in this world that can count chairs as good as you can count chairs. I wish I was helping somebody in here. I'm going to help the church grow up whether we want to grow up or not. She finds herself, he find they are naked and they are moving and they are equal and they are progressive and they are moving forward. And then the Bible says that, that the, the serpent who is more cunning than all the rest of the animals comes and begins to have a conversation with Eve. Now we know, understand that part of the curse that was given to the serpent is that he had to lay on his belly and he'd slither for the rest of his life. We know snakes post-Adam. 
a snake was probably an upright being just like every other animal was an upright being. In fact, if you go study, don't talk, think about, just go study it. If you go study the science, you will see that snakes actually have sockets where legs should have been. Today, they go like this, but when they pull them back, just, just put it in your computer, snakes and legs. And snakes all have sockets to this day that, that would have had, that should have been, they should have developed and they would have been upright beings. And that's the problem with sin is that if you live in sin too long, you're not going to develop. I'm, I'm, God. Okay, y'all more spiritual than they are. They still sleep as early. Uh, if, if, so, that, so he now he walks over to Eve and he begins to have dialogue with Eve. And he starts to tell Eve, he says, hey, Eve, holler at me real quick because I want you to understand something about how important and how dynamic you are. You don't really need God the way you think you need God. God actually needs you because he ain't going to come down here and till this garden. He's not going to come down here and work this dirt. He's not going to come down here. So he really needs you guys and the reason why you can't touch that tree is because he doesn't want you to know some of the stuff that he knows watch this about you he doesn't want you to know what good and what evil is because perhaps when your eyes are open you'll see that you're not evil well if my eyes were open maybe I'll see that I'm not all bad either y'all not talking back to me uh, maybe I see that I'm not all great either but he said but nonetheless the Bible says that he walks up to her now here's where this gets interesting to a nerd geek like myself is that the root word that is connected with cunning or clever or 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 uh, 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 all the crafty is the same word in which nakedness is built off of this word I want you to see I want you to see how, how, how it operates Aramum is is a word that literally means naked and Aram is the word that means crafty there is a connection between this the, the between the perspective of nakedness before and after craftiness enters into it. Nakedness is a powerful thing and I don't have to be ashamed. I can go before God unashamed. I can be transparent and naked unashamed. I can stand before people and say I got flaws and not feel judged unashamed. That's what nakedness does. Watch this. But when the serpent comes in and he's built off the same root as nakedness and unashamedness, when he comes in, he doesn't shift being naked he shifts my perspective to being naked and now instead of them being naked and unashamed when they realize they're naked they hide from God because now I'm naked and ashamed are you following what I'm saying God say, God goes through the garden and he's looking for Adam and Eve and he says Adam where are you isn't that an interesting question for an all-seeing God that knows all things that's got a GPS on everything that he named he said, I know the hairs on your head. I know how many going to be on your head at any given time. He says, I don't just hairs on your head that are yours. I know the ones you bought. I know the hairs that are on your head. He says, so I got a GPS on everything that is DNA genetically connected to what it means to be me. And he's got the nerve to ask Adam, where are you? As if he doesn't know where Adam is. He was not asking Adam, where is he? So that God could get a 
tally on where Adam is. What God wanted Adam to do was to ponder where Adam was. He read, Adam, where are you? I am someplace that I haven't been before. I'm someplace. Have you ever looked up and you're in a season of your life that you never thought you'd be in before? And the only reason you know that you've come down so low is because somebody came to where you were and asked you, how'd you get here? You used to be integrous. How'd you become this guy? You used to not cuss so much. How'd you become this gal? You used to not run around. How'd you become? Where are you? Every now and then, you've got to have somebody in your life that can ask you where you are so you can take a tally on how far you've come or how far you've gone back. Yo, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Bible says, I'm, 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 I'm behind this, I'm behind, I'm, I'm behind the bush. What are you doing behind the bush? I'm back here be, because I'm naked. Who, who told you that you, did you, did you notice he didn't, he didn't say, Adam, oh God, Adam, just stay there, I'm coming to you. He, he didn't say that. He didn't say that because he already had a plan to save him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he said, he asked him the question. He said, before I chastise you, I want you to think about something. Who told you that you were naked? Who told, he says, well, 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 that woman that you gave me, you know, had you not. I mean, if we can philosophically ponder the idea, if we can just conceptually take a broader picture from the situation that we're in, and let's back this thing up about 10 years, and let's discuss the decision you made, not the decision I made, that, uh, and you know how, you know how sin will make you play the blame game. And sin will make y'all not talking back to me because sin, you, think about how foolish it is for you to blame God for anything. And, I'm not, and I know some of y'all in here right now blaming God for stuff because God took stuff that you wanted as if God is not smart enough to know that you can keep on living without it. <laughs> he, say, he says, he says, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you well, naked, because remember just a few days ago, just a few, few hours ago, nakedness was, was a good thing. Remember just a few hours ago, nakedness was a good thing. I think about this because we're about to have a child. And one of the things that makes me think about children is I was studying about kids. And that when a child comes into the world, when he opens his eyes, he is in a whole nother planet. Like this is not just like him waking up like, oh God, who are you? No, it's like, oh God, what is that? That's what a baby, I mean, you got to think about that. That the only thing that they say scientifically that a baby understands when he is brought to, into this world is the voice of the mother. And perhaps if a father's been talking to a while it's in the womb, every now and then they say, that's why they go skin to skin now because they get the energy and they, get, and they try to get them into the most familiar place because they are literally brought into a whole new world. They have never seen people before. They have never seen forceps and instruments before. They have never seen lights before. They are brought into a, this is the way it 
is with Adam and Eve when it comes to evil. They had never seen good before. They didn't know what evil was before. And all of a sudden, their eyes are open, and now they're in a whole new world looking at what in the world is this. So God said, who told you? Who told you you were naked? Because they introduced you into a world that you cannot handle. naked because intimacy <laughs> was a good thing and then when and God understood that the only way that intimacy can become a bad thing is if something crafty connects itself to what is intimate because intimacy was at one point not a shame and, it, and I wasn't ashamed that I was intimate and I wasn't ashamed that I could do the things that allowed me to be intimate I wasn't ashamed that I was naked I wasn't ashamed that I was vulnerable I wasn't ashamed that I opened my mouth and told the truth about myself I wasn't ashamed that I could deal with life as it is not as religion makes me try to deal with life I can deal there was a point in time in my life God is like you gotta help me understand when in the world did you start being phony and being the hypocrite and wearing false masks when in the world did you start having to do this you're covering yourself with stuff that cannot sustain you when in the world did intimacy and being real and being honest become a bad thing and you cannot see me if you're phony and, you, and you're dishonest about your life and where you are see that is one of the things that I'm see I'm a bridge generation guy which means that I'm all the way into the new dope stuff the no socks and the short sleeve shirt but at the same time I came up in an era where they where, where where church was done differently and while I do appreciate all this amazing new stuff that we do in the house of the Lord there are some things that I miss about the old church and one of the things I miss most about the old church is the power that operated in the old church because they were not ashamed to be naked y'all are not talking back to me in this house they were unashamed to be vulnerable they didn't care what you thought because I was crying at this altar they didn't care what you thought that the clock was getting in a late hour they didn't care they were naked before God and they cried to God and they laid out before God watch this and the power fell I need somebody that wants the power to fall to raise your voice and give God a shout I miss the power. I miss the power. And because when they're power, demons have to recognize themselves and get out. One of the reasons why we don't have demons in the church today is not because they're not in the church. We just don't talk about them no more. And we don't preach about them enough. See, there are some things if you talk about, it's got to raise its head to make sure you ain't coming out. And every now and then, you got to call the devil a devil and a demon a demon and a lie a lie and sin, sin. And it'll raise raise his head up. See, that's what happens when there's power in the church. Somebody shout power. They wasn't afraid to do what had to be done in order to have the power of God fall down in their services. And we have a power shortage in the body of Christ today. But the devil is a liar. I come against every devil. I come against the lies of the witch. I come against the lies of everyday drum religion that just wants a good sermon. And I came to tell you that there is a savior that wants to be intimate with you but you gonna have to get naked in order for there to be that kind of I, am I preaching to anybody that's ready to be vulnerable before God 
see, they gave room to sin. They gave room to confession. They gave room to expressing yourself. See, we don't do that anymore. If you were fornicating and got caught tripping when I was a child, you had to stand up before the church and you had to tell them I blew it and I'm sorry and she the reason why. And you had to, y'all not talking back to me. I know we don't have to do all that today, but I want you to understand that that is a level of vulnerability that God can work with when you're willing to say, God, I will be accountable to you and I'll be accountable to man. That must mean that you're trying to see Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all giving God a praise for. We wasn't afraid of laying on hands. We wasn't afraid of speaking in other tongues. We wasn't afraid of prophecy. We wasn't afraid of coming back to church. We went, y'all are not talking back to me. And as a result, devils were, were cast out. As a result, sick people got healed. As a result, y'all not preaching back to me. I need you to grab somebody and say, I need the power. 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 That's the wrong person. I said find somebody and tell them the power's back on. The power's back on. I'm going to start praying until the anointing falls. I'm back to fasting until demons tremble. I'll lay at the altar until my help comes. The power is back on. Somebody raise your foot. See? See, some of y'all don't have a breakthrough that you need right now. But I need about 30 folks that need something to shift in their life. That need something to break off of their money and break off of their children. I need you to raise your voice because deliverance is in your intimacy. Somebody have got a shout of praise. I said give God a shout of praise. I'm going to be naked and I'm not going to be ashamed about it. I'm going to dance and I'm not going to be ashamed about it. I'm going to preach and I'm not going to be ashamed. Ah, somebody, raise your voice and give God a praise. Hey, Demons come out when you're unashamed. Victory happens when you're unashamed. Who told you you were naked? You got a right to praise him like that. You got a right to cry out to him. You got a right to follow your knees. You got a right. Give God a shout in this house. Healing happens when the power's back. Deliverance happens when the power's back. Wisdom comes when the power's back on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need you to raise your voice. I don't know how you talk to God, but talk to him in a known tongue. Talk to him in an unknown tongue. But get naked. Don't be ashamed. Get vulnerable. Don't be ashamed. Shalom. 
declare before God going to a deep place in God. I need somebody to help her praise the Lord in the name of Jesus. 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 Now I need you to get something on your mind. And I need you to take about the next 30 seconds. And I need you to talk to God about it. I don't know what it is, but I need you to open up your mind. God, heal my children. God, bring safe passage. God, heal my money. I need you to open your mouth and talk to God right now. Say something. Say something. Under this anointing, say something. Under this power, say something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey! 